Rochester Today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning and welcome back from the 4th of July holiday. I'm Andy Brownell with Rochester Today along with Tom Ostrom. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Andrew. Good to connect with you again. Maybe we'll do what we always do and start out with the mailbag. Okay. From Rose, uh, a picture of Joe Biden speaking at the podium. <laughs> and it says, the man who left 300,000 guns for the Taliban is giving a lecture on gun control. <laughs> so, and, you know, Rose said this, too. We're having trouble getting people back to our mailbag. And I said, Tom Ostrom 22 at gmail.com. And Rose said, Tom, I wonder if people are trying to spell your name and they're doing it incorrectly when you say Tom Ostrom. You should tell them how to spell Ostrom, O-S-T-R-O-M, O-S-T-R-O-M. Because he said, as you know, Ostrom is spelled sometime with U-M and uh, with E-M. And so we'll remind people, if you're trying to get me, it's Tom Ostrom, O-M. Uh, at uh, Gmail uh, uh, 22 at uh, Ostrom 22 at gmail.com and the Ostrom is spelled O-M and we thank Rose for that reminder. Uh, Wayne uh, sent me a couple of articles um, on how the French and the Germans because of the non-access to Russian oil are going back to fossil fuels. They're firing up their coal plants and their natural gas plants because they fear, A, a hot summer, and B, a cold winter coming. Isn't that something, Andy? Yeah, yeah Tom, and I even read uh, it's worse in Germany because Germany has abandoned its, um, or is in the process of completely abandoning uh, nuclear power. Well, yes. France, France still has reactors and, in fact, has been adding new reactors. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and, and in Germany, they're talking that um, sales of fireplaces and wood-burning stoves are going sure. to erupt as people are preparing that, for winter. Yeah. Power. That's right. That's right. And so now there's a shortage of those uh, uh, wood-burning stoves and there's a shortage of wood. So lots of trouble. And guess what? When you burn wood, it also produces carbon dioxide. Sure it does. And it can give people lung diseases in an enclosed area. And one more, uh, this from Nevada, Dan, uh, 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 celebrating Independence Day, the birth of America, and Happy New Year, he said. And then he sent a little uh, history uh, lesson by uh, Tom uh, Mitchell. Uh, today we celebrate the Declaration of Independence with fireworks and picnics. That was yesterday. We should also mention that July 6th, not July 4, is the day the Declaration was first reprinted uh, from the pages of the Pennsylvania Evening Post. And, uh, and by order of Congress, 30 different newspapers reprinted the Declaration of Independence. Um, but uh, also, the colonies were under a blockade uh and uh, and and uh the british sold us newsprint and so the papers were saying uh, send us clean rags and other things so we can make the paper to do the printing on and then george washington got that information in the newspapers and he had his uh, brigades uh, 
listen uh, and learn about it and uh, and Tom Jefferson uh, wrote that declaration uh, with his eloquence so uh, there was a little communication complexity of, of getting the word out and that's the mailbag oh wow okay well we'll take a break then and we will return with more of Rochester today on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM after this quick break. This is the Family Service Rochester Mental Health Day with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Rochester today, Tuesday after the 4th of July. What do you want to start with uh, concerning Minnesota and local news, Tom? The U.S. Supreme Court ruled Thursday that only Congress, not the Environmental Protection Agency, has the authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions because the power is so extensive. And the court said Congress should be writing these laws and controlling them, not the White House. Uh, and and so, of course, uh, um, our, our Minnesota Democrats uh, don't like that. Um, and uh, they're complaining about it. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Senator Smith and yeah. Representative Omar are complaining about that and, and saying that they're complaining about the uh, Supreme Court siding with polluters and they're saying this flies in the face of the law. Ilhan Omar says that. It's uh, like overturning Roe Wade and the court has to be disciplined and controlled. We have a democratic crisis and uh, uh, they don't know their constitution. They don't know that... Uh, uh, what the powers of Congress are and what the powers and purpose of the court are. They just think the court should be controlled or abolished. Well, uh, there's the three branches of government, and they're both ignorant about their complaints. I read an interesting editorial about this very same topic that after, what, well, you could argue 50 years of a more left-leaning court or a more activist court maybe might be the best way to describe it that you have multiple generations of Americans who have a perhaps distorted view of what the authority of the judicial branch is or is not. And now when you have a different philosophy in the majority within the state of the nation's highest court that is um, reeling back some of the regulatory authority of the executive branch, which ironically you have members of Congress screaming about, so in essence it goes along with what i've complained about before time is that for the last 50 years we've had the legislative branch giving up its powers to the executive branch and the executive branch taking on all of this power through regulatory uh, actions and executive orders that it really doesn't have the authority unless congress acquiesces and gives it to them and now the court is going no it doesn't matter you actually have to pass a law to give the EPA this authority in order for the EPA to do this. You can't just let them do this. And That's right. Because if you're in action on the legislative branch to deal with it, and uh, and it's not happening just there. There was another ruling on OSHA concerning the um, well, it's something to do with the COVID regulations. I can't remember exactly the details, but there have been three key rulings so far that the Supreme Court in its final days restricted the authority of the executive branch. That's right. Well, well put. The the uh, Supreme Court uh, road decision gives the power to legislators, 
uh, and this uh, EPA gives the power to Congress, and so members of Congress are complaining about that. <laughs> yeah. They don't. I, I don't think they realize the the history and the and the constitutional descriptions of the powers of and separation of powers. Well, I don't. I mean, we could argue the you know strict interpretation of constitutional originality versus the living document, and you know that sums up the whole disagreement here. But at the same time, I don't know how you argue with. You're granting way too much power to the executive branch sure. by, by failing to act or taking action that gives the president more power than he should have. Now, the Supreme Court is exercising its authority to bring some balance back to this, and the people who yeah. are supposed to be passing the laws don't like it. Right, and yet you mentioned the living Constitution where the Congress uh, thinks they have the power to uh, interpret uh, the laws uh, just about with any flexibility they want. So there's a contradiction there in their perceptions of what they're supposed to do. And it is interesting, too, where the, the verbiage that you use that somehow reel in the Supreme Court justices and limit their power. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think you have the power to do that. No, <laughs> that's right. Well, they could, in fact, though, by diluting the power of the current justices by adding more members to the court. But I also read an article concerning that that more or less said that in this current election season and the climate that the Democrats are facing as we head towards November, only a handful of U.S. senators are really even interested in talking about it. And Tina Smith is one of the three. Yeah. Wow. And then Governor Waltz announced plans for uh, the remaining federal COVID funds, and uh, I think some of what he wants to do with those funds makes sense. Uh, this is good. Four million will go to the Minnesota State Patrol. In other words, no defunding of police from there and the Department of Natural Resources. And he, uh, five million will go to the Department of Corrections for staffing uh, shortages, to, and then seven million for child care and seven million for uh, school-based mental uh, res health resources and for uh, five million for supporting food shelves, food banks, meal programs. Uh, that's wonderful. Uh, good points. But then silliness, uh, more wokery. By the way, wokery, that's Cato's term for the woke philosophy, wokery. And there's more wokery in this, though, and this I don't approve of. 1.5 million to fund grants to school districts in charter schools to increase the diversity of educators. Uh, that's just silliness. I think it's discrimination, too, in job job hiring. And then uh, this is okay, too, though. Uh, so I think that wokery uh, financing is ridiculous. But this is okay, too. $7.8 million for emergency shelters in Hennepin and Ramsey counties. But anyway, lots of COVID funds to be dispersed, Andrew. Yeah, and that's not all of it either. There are many local governments uh, that still have millions and millions of dollars in COVID money that, by the way, the executive order was written and the laws were written, um, they still have additional time to spend. And that includes Rochester schools, uh, the city of Rochester, and Homestead County. They all have money still set aside that they haven't allocated. And I know in the school district's uh, latest budget, they used a chunk of it to avoid um, having to make even steeper reductions in spending for this year 
uh, to bolster up what they considered some essential services. But, uh, yeah, that money is still flowing through the system, that's for sure. That's right. And it's ironical that Governor Waltz uh, not only was a uh, high-ranking enlisted man in the National Guard, but he was a high school teacher. And yet, uh, uh, from Alpha News, uh, a poll, just 9% of Minnesotans uh, think educators should prioritize equity and inclusion. They think it should be academic standards and subject matter. Uh, and they're disappointed with uh, Waltz's policies that they think are counterproductive to the public schools. Uh, and 79% of Minnesotans think Waltz's school closures uh, had a negative impact on children and education. And that uh, uh, included 68% of the Democrats polled and 55% of voters overall disapprove of Waltz's performance on education. So uh, uh, Waltz had said every student deserves the opportunity to learn at the best schools with caring, qualified teachers, and that's okay. But evidently his own policies and preferences uh, 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 contradict that. And I think a lot of the unhappiness is with people who actually have school-aged kids who uh, experienced this during the pandemic. It was it was not fun for those folks. Uh, you know, the, you know we're going to be remote learning now. Now we might go back to the classrooms, and it'll be for a little while with a mask, either than not. And and uh, I can't even imagine it. I mean, I'm so happy that. Uh, my kids were old enough not to be in school anymore because it must sure it must have just been a nightmare for people. Yeah, yes. all the uh, yeah. restrictions were in place. Right, right. Not to even mention the psychological uh, and health impact of those uh, closures. I know personally of some families dealing with kids that did really, really well during the shutdown and the school shutdowns. Um, they had. Kids who are maybe exceptionally bright or maybe a little bit um, shy who kind of enjoyed being able to work on their own pace. But I also know families where they had kids who really need that focused regimen to get through the school day and actually retain some things. And those kids are way, way, way behind. And yeah. they're trying to catch up now. But even our, our superintendent acknowledges that uh, there was... There's quite a bit of lost ground, and it's going to take some time to get these kids caught up, and that'll be a major focus of the school district now is to try to get them back up to speed. So I'm not surprised at all of the results of that poll. Is, I mean, no. that, that yeah, plus, yeah, plus uh, this has stimulated homeschooling uh, and then charter schools with homeschooling, and the test uh, scores show that homeschoolers were, are happy, well-adjusted, and successful. And uh, it's just uh, educators, education is being controlled by uh, uh, extremists, uh, and, and people are losing faith in it. And, and some parents are saying, I think we can teach our students better, our children better. And, and that means charter schools, they have some independence, they have autonomy, and religious schools, although some of them are engaging in wokery too but uh, and then one more one more minnesota item hundreds of unvaccinated national guard members could face dismissal uh, because uh, again they didn't get vaccinated uh, and uh, that's about 650 of them and uh, army lieutenant colonel christian augie the national guard's uh, public affairs officer 
uh, told Alpha News that uh, of those 650 members, uh, uh, 2% have requested religious uh, and medical accommodations, and uh, those uh, requests are awaiting disposition. But uh, more trouble uh, uh, from uh, politics for the National Guard. Yeah, and it comes at a time where I think that they're facing shortages of meeting their recruitment goals as far as keeping staffing levels up. Almost you know, universal, that's the experience. Well, that's right. The U.S. Army hasn't met its the U.S. Army hasn't met its recruiting goals, and then they considered dropping the high school diploma requirement, uh, making it even easier to get into the military. That's how short they are. And then I, I read recently that the Army is reconsidering that one. I you, know, you wonder too, and I, this is me wondering that as more and more variants come through and especially this latest variant that originated in South Africa, uh, that it seems as if the vaccines have very little impact in preventing the actual infection. The vaccines may have an impact on how severely ill a person might become if they do contract it. But um, from this is once again, this is the latest in science. It appears as if the current vaccines, unless they're adjusted to address this variant, are not really controlling the spread. And so doctors who tried to say that were banned and insulted and their medical licenses threatened. Uh, and Dr. Fauci is an ironical uh, victim of, of what you just said. He's had a, a, a relapse of the COVID and the meds he was taking evidently didn't work. And the, and the vaccinations and the uh, processes he went through with his science knowledge didn't work. So... Uh, He's kind of dropped from the scene for a while. Yeah, but, you know, in time in the early days of the vaccines, uh, when it was the what they called the Delta variant before Omicron, um, these vaccines were pretty well matched up against that variant of it. And it, remember that summer where the cases just dropped? Mm-hmm. Was that the summer of 2020, I think? Or no, I, you know, it becomes a haze, this whole pandemic thing, as far as time is concerned. But uh, the the shots became widely available in the early spring of that year. And by June and July, the cases were way, way down because a significant percentage of the population had had the vaccines. But then again, a significant percentage did not. And then the variants started to take hold and spread across the country. And we had the Omicron wave, and now we're still seeing wave after wave of different um, variants. And, and there's no saying, I mean, that could have been inevitable, you know. Even with the uh, vaccinations, that could have been an, an, an inevitable outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it just points to the uncertainties of a new virus being brought into the into the wild, as they say, and what it will do in reaction to what humans do to try to fight it. We have to take a yes. break, Tom. <laughs> okay. We've been chatting along here. we got to take a break. So uh, we'll, we'll be back after this quick news break with more of Tom Ostrom. It's Rochester Today on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often... I'm Andy Brown held with Tom Ostrom, and unfortunately, Tom, our holiday weekend was marred by another spasm of violence in the suburb of Chicago, and 
I'm just bringing it up. I have no answers. In fact, we don't know enough about exactly who this character was and his motivations. If there were any motivations, all I know is it certainly casts a shadow on what is usually a very joyous holiday. And uh, and you read the polls of Americans expressing a, I guess, a sentiment that they don't feel things are on the right track. And I think this is certainly a, a symptom of that when... Here we are celebrating uh, the patriotic holiday of our Declaration of Independence from England, and it's, you know, it's, it's family get-togethers, it's fireworks, it's parades, it's and and to have something like this happen, it just it does it rocks you to the core. I mean, I I my heart goes out to everybody who's been impacted by this. That was there or family there? Oh my gosh! Sure, and Chicago's fatality rates over the period are just uh, just uh, unbelievable. And that's got in Chicago and Illinois have some of the strictest gun laws in the country, and the murder rates there. People don't get all excited about that. Blacks are being butchered in Chicago, and 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 where's the outrage? Uh, yet some guy resists arrest by the police and they have to track him down and maybe shoot him. Oh, God, that's terrible. But the killing of blacks in Chicago, that's just like we're taking it for granted. And that mayor, I don't know how she can stay in office and with her dumb remarks and her policies and her anti-police uh, attitude while she has plenty of armed guards around her. So uh, it's just uh, inexplicable. Inexplicable is the correct term, I think. A lot of the things are inexplicable, that's for sure. Yeah, it's just a, just a tragedy. Uh, and and uh, a lot of some Democrat politicians said they don't like this country, so they're not celebrating Independence Day. There were so many things wrong. But the, it seems that all the people in the world want to come here, and the thousands that come over our borders think our country is just fine. They want to be here. And so I wish these clowns would answer that. If we're so bad, how come this uh, migration? And why do you even endorse it if they're coming to such a rotten country? <laughs> okay, what, what else do we have time to cover today? Uh, the marshal of the U.S. Supreme Court, a U.S. marshal who is in charge of security at the court, her name is Gail Curley, has asked Maryland officials to step up the enforcement of laws and stop the picketing outside the homes of the justices who live in Maryland and Virginia. And some of the chanting is just aggressive and intrusive and frightening to the families. And this marshal is saying, where are my law enforcement colleagues in these counties to do something about this? It's against the law. Why aren't they arresting the protesters? Uh, uh, you know, this... Uh, insidious uh, re response and the danger of it and uh, uh, and she wonders why well let's that uh, Garland that uh, attorney general he's just not doing his job when Republicans get in office beside impeaching Biden they should impeach Garland uh, these people just stand by they're so political that they don't even mind the threats to the justices but the Supreme Court decisions lately have been conservative the justices have not been intimidated uh, they've been discomforted but not intimidated and I think it even increases their resolve to do what they think is right 
I think you're right, Tom. I think that's part of the psychology of all this. That, and it's interesting that these protesters don't have that, um, don't get that concept that if you're going to rage war on a member of the judicial because of a legal opinion they're going to hand down, I think it does harden their resolve. And it's also interesting with all the talk of the January 6th um, attack on the U.S. Capitol, and, and I'm not downplaying the seriousness of that. I think it was very serious. I think a lot of people who were there had no concept of how serious it was, but I think there were some hardened groups within that mob who were there to do evil deeds, and I think their intent was to disrupt the the exchange of power at that time, and and I think that is a serious assault on our democracy. But at the same time, I think these attacks from some elected officials, even against the U.S. Supreme Court, um, is just or maybe just as serious if <laughs> it's a label you know you, you read these headlines sometimes uh in major newspapers supreme court rages war on women uh yeah. supreme, you know vilifying one of the three branches of our federal government and the sure. take that branch out and yeah, yeah and there doesn't seem a lot of discussion out there about what the attack like that is doing to that institution. That's right. And the left, go ahead. Yeah. And the left uh, thought that the Roe decision was sacrosanct. How dare you criticize the Supreme Court? That's their job. How dare you? But now they criticize everything because of the recent Roe decision. And then. Uh, AOC, the, you know, the, the, uh, congresswoman from New York, uh, she is, she is just absolutely ignorant. She's, uh, I'll say ignorant, not stupid, but ignorant. And she made the mind-numbing claim that the constitutional duty of Congress is to rein in the Supreme Court. She has no idea of what the, what the Constitution says, what the powers of Congress are, what the powers of the courts are, the checks and balances. And she's calling it a coup and that Clarence Thomas should be impeached. But the Constitution says, yeah, you can impeach uh, justices, but it's for crimes, uh, not for their decisions. Uh, and, and, uh, but they want that. And the, the House of Representatives makes and passes laws, and the House, uh, one of the two chambers, and the, uh, the court, uh, uh, interprets, uh, those laws, how they're applied, and, uh, these, the, these fanatics that don't know their constitution, but they think the court should be hemmed in, controlled, uh, uh, maybe even abolished and packed and, Justices should be impeached. Uh, they're crazy. Uh, well, I'm not, I don't know if I go that far, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> disagreeable. Um, I, I and also think that it's well within everybody's rights to protest a Supreme Court decision if you disagree with it and to voice your displeasure. Sure. That that is certainly well within our constitutional rights, but. Yeah, I, I, I've always said the protest should be at the town square, in front of the U.S. Supreme Court, in front of Congress, in front of the White House. It shouldn't be at the homes of members of Congress, or it shouldn't no. be at the homes of the members of the court either. 
Uh, right. And, I, and in fact, those, dip and those demonstrations violate federal law. It's already illegal. So, so why aren't they uh, handling that? And, oh, by the way, I read too that the violent, uh, element, uh, in the January 6th, uh, 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 uprising kind of in D.C. Uh, wasn't necessarily Trump's uh, supporters, but the Capitol Police had gotten information that Antifa was going to be there, and they were dressed in Trump mega outfits, uh, and that they were uh, going to commit violence. And then there were reports that there were guns in those uh, demonstrations and inside the Capitol, but uh, that is questioned, too. Uh, have guns been found, or were they found? Uh, but nonetheless, the Democrats have done their best to imprison people that were there, but Antifa was there. And then and then uh, the head of the Capitol Police, who was later asked to resign, said that there were FBI informants uh, in in that crowd too, trying to egg them on, and uh, so uh, a lot of things uh, are yet to be discovered about that horrible incident that has hurt Trump. Uh, but he's still the most popular politician, according to uh, uh, well, recent polls. <laughs> and, and you pointed that out, and, and now you're reading that amongst Democrats, with their displeasure with Biden, uh, that there's talk of bringing Hillary back. Then she has committed, I think, uh, my opinion, to crimes that she's gotten away with, with FBI protection, the national security violations, emails, uh, uh, cooking up the conspiracy theories, trying to get Trump out of office that the Democrats have used twice to try to impeach him. And that Liz Cheney, a Republican on Pelosi's committee, is still trying to destroy him, saying uh, he can't be near the White House and uh, he'll destroy the Republican Party. And Cheney is saying, even though she's behind in her primary uh, uh, opponent in, in uh, the Wyoming race, uh, she's saying she might run for president to save the nation from Trump. And uh, Nancy Pelosi, of course, lets her run wild. All right. We have to take another break already. Tom Ostrom's here. I'm Andy Brownell. And we will return in a moment on News Talk 1340, KROC AM, and 96.9 FM. Are you drowning in IRS taxes? With Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM, and 96.9 FM. Welcome back. We have a, a few more minutes left of the show today on this day after the 4th of July holiday. Andy Brownell along with Tom Ostrom. Um... I don't know if you heard about this one, Tom. And I, I, I've been meaning to bring it up for the past couple of shows, but we had those short shows last week because of the Twins baseball games. But there's a a, a guy in China who had built up a popular um, social media presence, and you know he had a blog or whatever. I, I yeah, I'm the wrong person to talk to about that. But the we he, he, it got to the point he was known across the world because. Uh, of some of the stuff he was doing. I think it was mainly comedy, perhaps. Um, but he posted that somebody had sent him a cake, and he and he held up the cake to the camera to show, and the cake looked like a tank. And this was around <laughs> the time of the anniversary of Tiananmen Square. And, mm. and 
he may not even realize it. I I don't know. This was some of the speculation of the articles I read. But he's vanished. Hmm. Just boom, gone, no trace. Just like that. And and he was popular enough that his absence has been noted. You know, amongst the allowed social media in China, which is heavily monitored. And there are people watching this say that this is significant or could become significant because um, these people who are coaching what they're saying carefully are, are kind of connecting the dots. That, oh, yeah, remember the tank photo and how close that was to Tiananmen Square? Maybe that's why he's gone. And and mm-hmm. whether the Chinese government are behind his disappearance. And uh, it, it just, I thought it was really interesting to watch, number one, that that could happen to a person. I'm not surprised that it could happen in China. But uh, oftentimes when people vanish in China, there there's no note that it occurred because nobody dares to say anything. But in this case, That's right. people saying things. That's right. Well, disappearing is common in China. Uh, even some of the scientists who uh, said too much about the Wuhan lab disappeared. So that's that happens over there. Well, coal is making a comeback now as the world seeks energy uh, with the situation in the Ukraine and the, the green movement and everything else. So uh, nations are also uh, uh, rehabilitating their coal plants and, and buying coal from the coal producing nations uh, again as they fear what's coming up uh, with the, the the Ukraine war and in that war Russia has uh, captured one of the last Ukrainian holdout cities uh, uh, in the Donbas region and uh, uh, Lai Sai Chansk uh, is I believe how you pronounce that and uh, yeah, but the Ukrainians insist that it that hasn't fallen yet; that it's still being fought for uh, and fought over. So, uh, but uh, uh, all of that uh, is going on too. So back so, to the energy. Tom, back to the energy thing you mentioned with the Germans and the burning wood. Um, oftentimes, our president or his press secretary or his energy secretary will say that. Um, they're, it's the oil company's fault that they they need to get out there and drill, drill, drill. We there's these unused leases out there. Why don't they use those unused leases and drill, drill, drill? Well, there's an article and it was published in a Texas newspaper that as this administration is saying that they are in the process of imposing new regulations that will likely shut down this particular oil field in Texas, which is the most productive field in the United States for uh, shale oil, um, you know, the fracking type oil, and it has to do with uh, ozone emissions, and that uh, EPA is using a rule that is in place of involving ozone emissions that there are people observing what's happening down there that this very large and productive oil field could effectively be shut off uh, while we're scrambling for energy supplies in the world right now. And I thought that was an interesting take that uh, he, you know, he's coming out while he's speaking this way, his own administration is acting this way. And there's some that's question exactly. that's whether the EP even has that authority in this case. But Well, that's why I'd wonder. Those ozone rules were put in place 
when they were enacted uh, for urban centers, mainly for automotive emissions, that you could have you know a an alert or a I, I can't remember the exact term, but yeah, these violations that could trigger further restrictions on emissions in L.A. and Chicago and some of our biggest cities from the smog, and which can have an impact in those. But this is the first time they've been trying to apply this to uh, uh, oil. Well, I just I just don't understand how the president has the power to disturb our economy and dislocate things. Uh, without court actions and uh, or a more Republican response, but without court stopping them, he's destroying the economy and the oil and the business while he's going to go to uh, the Middle East and beg for them to have more oil. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and, and when you think what he's dislocated in the hundreds of thousands of people affected, uh, I think there's a lot of voters that are going to be awfully angry when they go to the polls. Well... <laughs> I guess I can't argue with that. We've seen the polling numbers, and uh, he is steadily where Trump had his really, really low days in the polls as far as job, his job approval rating. Sure. <laughs> some fairly decent numbers, but uh, Biden's numbers have been consistently very, very low, especially when it comes to his handling of the economy. That's right. And there was an incident the French president, Macron, uh, challenged President Biden when he was over there recently and took him aside. He interrupted him when he was walking with security. And he inter he said, Mr. President, I have to talk to you. And one of Biden's aides tried to shut Biden up, but he went up to him and he said, he said, the Middle East petroleum uh, is limited. Uh, the Arab nations have a difficult time increasing uh, their production. And he warned him against uh, his policies. He told Biden his policies were counterproductive, and, and our aide finally got in front of Biden and said to Macron, "Be careful, be careful." And of course, Biden didn't register any understanding of what was said. But uh, uh, lots of things happening. All right, Tom. Um, we uh, run out of time already. I can't believe it. So we'll have to continue our chat on Thursday when we get together next. Okay. All right. Well, again, thank you, and uh, I look forward to Thursday. It's Tom Ostrom. I'm Andy Brownell. This has been Rochester Today on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KRO, AM and 96.9 FM. Ten miles an hour over the speed limit.